Blessings, good people, and welcome to Fathership, the podcast on fatherhood in 20. Today, I'm your host, Fleming. And I'm Ms. Vaughn. And today, we have an extremely, extremely special guest. Extremely? Extremely, yes. Okay. Yeah, extremely. Um, we got my mama on the show. You know? um, Yay, Mama Ms. Fleming. Ms. Barbara Fleming uh, has, has agreed to come on and talk to us and give a little bit of insight and some uh, information and Y'all can't use none of this against me in the court of law. So, there we go. Actually, they can, though. No, because you're no, making it public. Whatever. So, yeah, they yeah, can no, actually no, use no, it against me. Okay. I refuse. I, re- <laughs> I rebuke all of y'all that, that, that would even think it. So. Hey, Mama Fun. Hello, my dear. <laughs> Hi, Ma. Hey, honey. So. So, Ma, yes, if you dear. could just tell our audience a little bit about you. Just a, a little bit about me. A little bit about you. About us Southern girls. Hey now, and then I mean, outside of you being, you birthing this one over here, and that's that's a lot. That's you know you going straight to heaven. Like God sees you, He's like, come on, because <laughs> gave birth to that. So yeah. Well, He almost took me out of here. Yeah. 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 So he did. Already was very close. You don't have uh, ten pounds six ounces and come out of a coma easily. So. Um, yeah, it was an experience. You was 10 pounds? 10 pounds, 6 ounces, 21 inches long. I mean, that's what the records say. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I was there, Sir. but I wasn't there. Like, <laughs> that is disrespectful. Yes. Ain't my fault. Yeah, it is. No, it ain't. He got stuck in the She married the, the, six, the six, three, six, four, four guy. Not me. Sir. I ain't had nothing to do with it. That is disrespectful. Nothing to do with it. But anyway. Mm-hmm. 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 So, Ma, we were getting to a little bit about you. I am a Southern girl, New Orleans born and reared. Um, that speaks a lot right there. It does. We're survivors. We make decisions and we stick with them. Um, my decision to pack up and move out of the state that I was born in was one of pure desperation. And why do you say that? Well, it was just me. I woke up one day and it was just me and this baby. He was um, just turning four and my dad was on the road. My mother had left the city and moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had buried two generations, my grandmother and my great-grandmother. My brother was in the service, and I didn't even know what state he was in. So, And the husband was in the air. So it was just me and him. And things had to change. The job market was flat. There was nothing that I could do to continue and go forward with what I wanted to do. And I knew there was something better for me past New Orleans. So New Orleans had to, I had to leave that city. I had to move to something better. Where I can survive. Was that a hard decision for you to do, especially with the? It you was, said he was four at that time. Yeah, it was a. It wasn't a hard decision. It was a decision that it was out of the fact that you know you had to do something because survival was necessary, and I have to look at the fact that my great aunt on my dad's side was the reason that I even had that thought to move to California. She. Um, was she told me one day at a family reunion that I didn't even know we had a family reunion. I didn't know my dad's side of the family because as most of our generations, we grew up knowing either the mother's side or the father's side. You never get the two together. Mm-hmm. And when I met her, uh, she invited me to this family reunion. I met her daughter. And this was like maybe six months earlier that happened. And she and I just stayed in touch and I was telling her what had happened. She told me, she said, you have no flies on you. If I were you, I'd move to California. So she made arrangements for me to to become the roommate with her daughter out there in California. So I packed up what little things I had. I left everything in New Orleans. I put it all in storage. I didn't take anything but the clothes on my back and this boy. 
I had $275 and the train ticket was $250. So I wound up with $25. And the train went from New Orleans all the way across the bottom half of the United States to Southern Cal. So we landed in Southern Cal and we met this woman with this, we thought was a little boy, turned out to be a little girl, <laughs> who was just as rugged as she wanted to be. And like super headed. rugged. Yeah, yeah, yeah she super was a rugged. boy. You know, and they had it with that boy cut, so you couldn't tell mm. it was a girl. She was dressed like a boy. And so they were going to Oregon. That's where her family was. So she was taking her daughter and going up to Oregon to her family. So we boarded the second leg of the trip going up the west coast and that is a trip because you're right up against the pacific ocean you look out the window and there's nothing but you and the water mm. and i was able to i had a seat it wasn't a full train the train was practically empty which mm -hmm. was really great and the conductors were really good they had they allowed the only two kids on the train to play up front and blow the whistles as they made those big turns around but you got to um I guess they call it, well, I found out many years later, Dead Man's Curve, where mm. the train is right along the edge of the water, and you mm -hmm. look out, and there's a drop, and that's the Pacific. And I took pictures of it, so you can, the train was so long, you can wait until it gets halfway, and lean out and take a picture of the train coming around, the, other, the back end of the train coming around. So, really great pictures, reminiscent. Mm. But I looked at him one day, I, I was going through things, and I was like, wow, that really was a, a trip. But you don't think about it when it's happening. Right. Because it's, it's so much to take in. Mm -hmm. uh, and we landed um, at a Tuesday, and I was exhausted because I stayed woke the whole time. You're not going to sleep. You don't know what's happening. Of I course. had to watch him. And uh, he slept. <laughs> and it's a sh you want a whole new place. Yeah. So, yeah, so, that makes sense. So landed in, in Oakland. Couldn't tell you where because it was pitch black and, <laughs> and I couldn't tell you. I found out later they tore that train station down though. So mm. the train station, they tore it down a couple of years later. But um, my cousin, um, her name is Ernestine, she picked us up at the airport, drove us to the apartment. I slept that whole day. Got up that next day and uh, played Scarlett O'Hara. I was put him in a private school because I wasn't going to put him in a public school. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what these people were like. I'm from New Orleans. I know the people in New Orleans. I don't know California. So I put him in a private school with the nuns and the priests because we are Catholic, so we would feel safe there. And um, I played Scarlett O'Hara. I figured I'd pay for it when I got my either my unemployment. I have a, I, I'm a divorcee. I, had, well, I wasn't divorced. Yeah, I was divorced. Yeah, I had gotten my divorce at that point. That was the driving point because I got my divorce like on, in August and I packed up in September. Oh, so you were serious about this? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, the husband was, you know, he there was no returning there. At least I didn't think so. Uh, but uh, packed up. So it was a month from the divorce being signed to packing up and leaving. And um, so put him in school and started looking for a job. And I went uh, all kind of job agencies. Well, first I went to the unemployment office, and then I went to the welfare office because California welfare was fifteen hundred dollars a month. That was ridiculous for someone coming out out of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So that's three thousand dollars a month. Cause you get fifteen hundred every two weeks out there for un for uh, child care on the welfare. Mm. Yeah, I had never heard of such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm not welfare driven. I'm a survivor because Olivia raised me to stand on my own. So welfare was, was an option, but mm -hmm. it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted a J-O-B. Right. And so I went for the job. And the job came in, the, the unemployment check came in, and the, and the welfare check came in. I sent the welfare check back and kept the unemployment, and I continued looking for a job. I interviewed with so many places I was getting dizzy, and um, I would take Traveling in, in California, there's what you have here is the is the metro. What they had is the BART. And same thing, same concept. But I had to learn how to get on and off mm -hmm. and where to go. And I was still afraid to go to San Francisco. I would only travel in Oakland. But at least I knew where I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> San Francisco was still like, nope, not crossing that bridge. <laughs> not going over there. Um, and I, I was still on foot. I was taking buses and moving around. So Ernestine decided that I needed a car. 
because I could not continue with uh, taking buses everywhere. So she loaned me $1,500 to get a used, um, what was it? It was a Comet. It was a 1970 Ford Comet. Ford Comet. The longest car I have ever seen. And um, the other, other thing about that was Ernestine, as I said, was my cousin, but my dad had a brother out there. His name was Johnny Hayes. I never met him. I knew about him, but never met him. So we made arrangements to meet. And so he would meet me at the train station that I came in on, and mm -hmm. he'd have a red rose in his lapel so I'd know who he was. <laughs> so that's how, and I went to the train station to meet my dad's younger brother that never, I'd heard stories about him and never knew him. Mm -hmm. He stood about 6'6". Six, six. Big man. <laughs> My dad is only 5'11", so it was like, wow, <laughs> big difference. So he um, introduced me to his mechanic, a man named Mr. Pete. So Mr. Pete taught me how to take care of this, this car that I had now. So I had to learn how to, and I just learned to drive before I left New Orleans. I just had gotten my license. Thank God. You had a lot of adjustments <laughs> Thank in God. three months. Yes. So here I am with a car that's not, it's long mm -hmm. it's, and it's a tank. So here I am driving on MacArthur and I wouldn't get on the freeway because I was afraid I'd never get off. So, <laughs> so I learned how to navigate. What, what my uncle taught me was take the main streets, north, south, learn how to go north, south, then learn how to go east, west. So that way, if you come back to MacArthur, you know where your house is. Your house is on Vernon Street, so you know how to get there. So I, I navigated. I learned how to navigate small, oops, small areas at first, then longer areas. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't get on the freeway. I just refused to get up there because New Orleans did not. New Orleans did not have. New Orleans didn't, didn't get a freeway until I ten came through, and that wasn't while I was there. That was after I left. Mm -hmm. So I was not used to freeways. So I learned how to navigate. I can go pick him up from school. Um, I can um, go to the grocery store when I needed to, and I can go to. So I did land a job. Mm -hmm. I landed a very silly job. I landed a job at a place called. Um, Oh, it was a jewelry, little jewelry consignment. I can't think of the name of it now, but uh, it had all kind of knickknacks, and it was down from the apartment. We lived on a hill. There's nothing but hills in San Francisco. Absolutely, yeah. nothing so but hills. So we lived on one of the hills, and we lived right outside of 580, which is built on top of the San Andreas Fault, I discovered later. <laughs> mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we knew when it shook all the time. And um, so I would, um, I'd drop him off at school, and then I'd go down to my little job. And that lasted for, I'd also apply for a couple of different places. Mm -hmm. And so finally, I worked at uh, Bedazzle, that's what it was, Bedazzle Jewelries. And I worked there for exactly a week. And the job that I wanted called me. I was on a lunch break. I went back to the apartment, and I was, um, they called, and they had decided that they were interested in hiring me. I was thrilled. So I went to work for Cost Plus. Mm -hmm. Now that's the world's market here now. Mm -hmm. And I worked for Cost Plus for 10 years, 10 years. I started off in the sample room. I, was, um, I would get the samples. And what I started doing, the samples were these little pictures they'd send, and then they'd send the actual sample. So what I I'd, I'd worked for a, a camera place in New Orleans before I left, and they just started with these. Um, you can get your pictures back in like what a couple of hours, mm -hmm. one hour photo, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So I worked for one hour photo. So for me, and I got in this nice camera. So what I was doing, I would go up on the roof of the building and I'd blow up the pictures because I couldn't see them. So I'm wondering how the hell they could see this. So my the woman who I was working for, she was so impressed with the fact that I took the uh, the determination to expand that till um, she invited me to come upstairs to move into a position as an assistant to the buyer. So I became a buyer's assistant mm. from that little step. So baby steps. Right. Yeah, baby steps. So those were my progress. And along the way, he was right there with me because she was so understanding of the fact that I'm a single mom and uh, that I had him with me till she would allow me to take my lunch at three because I already had him in school, go pick him up from school, 
and bring him back to the apartment and then go back to work. So that was my schedule. Mm. That was my schedule. So as he got older, um, <laughs> I taught him how to navigate on his own, showed him how to take the bus to school, show him which way, well, showed him how to walk because he wasn't taking the bus at that point. Uh, showed him how to walk from our apartment down the hill and onto uh, Piedmont, which was the street that the school was on, mm -hmm. and then come back. So one day I just decided I'll check in with him and see how he was doing. So I picked him up and I was asked, I said, so where you go from here? He said, well, I go up this street. I said, okay. I said, where you go from here? So he was telling me where he go. Got to the bridge where the traffic is. I said, well, where you go from here? He said, well, I go up there. I almost stopped the damn car. He was walking into traffic. He was supposed to go around it. He was going up on the bridge, so it was the walking on, on the sides of the cars. It was the on ramp. <laughs> he was on the on ramp. <laughs> it was the on ramp. So you didn't, you didn't know. So again, I was young. <laughs> I didn't, you know. In all, in all fairness, I didn't Connect. like. I saw the sign. Big old it just sign didn't make no sense to you. Big old sign that said pedestrians prohibited. Right? <laughs> you thought that meant I can go. <laughs> I didn't realize what a pedestrian was. <laughs> or prohibitive. <laughs> so I just I just ignored it, you know. And so it's it's literally as you're coming down MacArthur, it's literally the on-ramp to get on to 580. I mean, that sounds like something that and you shouldn't physically be walking No, on. and you really shouldn't. So, but I walked just once. It was. Only, it only happened once. I mean, after that. Oh, I'm sure it only took one yeah. time. I mean, so yeah. So and he you know, lost it life. only happened once because he happened to tell me I had the sense enough to check with him and see what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And when he showed me what he was doing, I almost stopped the doggone car. I'm like, boy, <laughs> that's a. But it made sense as into why the bus driver that like came past actually like, told you like, like stop. Hung, no, he just honked, honked his horn like. Like don't get off of here. Like hey, get like white, like yeah. so. But the thing that got yeah. me, the ramp went left. You would go onto oncoming traffic, and right you go. Well, no, down. left left you would go onto the freeway. Right, right. is where you go down. Go to down to to the street. To the street. So you literally, it's like it's like as you're coming down, you pass one street, and then you end up coming right to Vernon, which was our street. And you, so in my mind, it made. It made sense it at the time. Shorter. It was a shorter route. Like, okay, I know I go up because why? Because we in the car, right? And I'm thinking like, okay, cool. Well, I can take the I same know way the, the, car, the goes, car goes, right? So I can I, take walk. Yeah. I mean, okay, now that part I get. Yeah. Okay, that part yeah. I get. So okay. that was all. So once we got that straight. Yeah. Once we sorted that out, it was. Yeah, it was. was you know, it was good. good. He was good. Um. So, as a woman who was single, mm -hmm. who was raising a son. How did you use your surrogates, your village, um, in the beginning, especially in California? The easiest thing was because, as I said, I didn't have a babysitter to keep him. And I didn't even think of having a babysitter because that's money. And I was trying to keep a roof over our head. So I was fortunate to fall in with a bunch of people who were so... Open-minded mm -hmm. is the only thing I could say. Um, I had 10 buyers. Uh, Gary Lane, who was the glass, and he had all of um, England. And uh, he had two kids. And then um, there was uh, it was Marita Yanish. She didn't have any kids, but she was a kid at heart. And then there was Jean. Jean was another kid at heart. So these were people <laughs> well-traveled, traveled the world, uh, but yet had a good understanding that, okay, she's struggling, but she's here. I'm there every day. I don't miss a day. I go get him. I bring him to work with me. And they started working with him. When he got old enough, he would sit and he'd file. So they showed him how to do things. So he was a part of the job mm -hmm. the whole time I was there. And he was such a good kid till he never made, he never did anything crazy. Well, he did a couple of things crazy, but <laughs> he didn't do too many things crazy. There was one day, um, the president of the company was walking up the stairs. We had three-story building, and um, Marvin Fisher was walking up the steps. And all of a sudden, this little bundle slid down right into him. And he turned around. I was behind him. He said, I assume this is yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that belongs to me. Yep, that belongs yep, that's to me. Mine. <laughs> but, 
But they were very supportive. And to this day, we are all still good friends. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Gary, um, Gary's birthday is my wedding anniversary. So every year, <laughs> I call him and wish him happy birthday. Mm. So every year. And um, Karen Peterson, who was my boss forever, uh, she became like a second mom to, to both of us because we'd go to her house for the holidays. We have pictures of him and her and, and her, 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 her significant other. Uh, and the dog, because they had a beautiful house in West Oakland. No, West Oakland. What was it? it East was Oakland. East Oakland. Yep, off of High uh, Street. With all the holidays. I never was by myself. Mm-hmm. I either had, if I wasn't going home to New Orleans, which you can't always afford to go, so mm-hmm. I try sometimes to go back. But uh, but as he got older, my network broadened because, like I said, I had all of the buyer's support. I w- I'm a very, I don't take people, I don't gravitate to people very easily. You have to really fit the ore to fit into my world. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot about me, I guess, because I'm sort of closed, mm-hmm. a closed book. But um, my dad and I have that kind of relationship. We fight like cat and dog, mm-hmm. but he's my best friend. Mm-hmm. I get on the phone, I raise hell with him. But then I, I, won't, I stopped talking to him for two years over foolishness. But then I got felt sorry, felt bad, and picked up the phone and called him. And now we're back like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. But he, after Chris got to an age where I needed to have someone with him during the summer, I called my dad. Mm-hmm. Well, I called him before that because uh, Ernestine and I got into a, a, a crazy, um, she started getting envious of the fact that I was climbing the food chain without her help. Because as long as I needed her, she was okay. I needed the car, she she did. She took me to court. She sued me for um, $1,500 to take the car. car. She had her ex-husband to take the car from me, and then she sued me for the money as well. So we went to court, and I told the judge, (laughs) had all my paperwork and everything. Here's the paperwork. She had me sign the contract and everything. Mm -hmm. So the judge is like, so you, you have a contract that you're supposed to pay her when you get your taxes? I say, yes. But yes, she took the car. I said yes. He looked. At, he said he looked at her. He said, "You have twenty four hours to get this car back to her." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, but she got mad. So she wanted me to leave the apartment. Mm-hmm. You know. So show you how God works. The manager of the building told me. I. She told me that. Well, she told me Marty was the manager, white woman, and she said, "Well, Marty doesn't. It's not. She doesn't like kids, so she's not gonna let you live here. So you're gonna have to find a place." So I didn't take her at her word because she had already been a bitch to me. So I saw Marty one day in the in the in the hot lobby, and I asked her. I said, "Well, I said, I'm looking to move because Ernestine and I are not getting well." She said, and she told me. She said, "I was wondering how long it'd take you to figure out what a bitch she was." <laughs> So she told me, in two weeks, I'll have an apartment ready on the same floor, on the opposite side of the building. And it was a two-bedroom, and I'm money conscious right now. So I told mm-hmm. her, I said, well, I said, I really can't afford a two. I need a one. She said, no, you need a two, because as he gets older, you're going to need that second bedroom. Mm-hmm. So she met, had planned this already. Yeah, okay. So in two weeks, I gave, I told Ernestine, hasta la visa. We moved out into my own apartment. The buyers put together all of the samples. I still use those spoons today. <laughs> <laughs> all the spare spoons mm-hmm. um, and dishes. I don't have the dishes, but I do have the spoons. My next door neighbor, who I'm still friends with today, Beverly, she had um, she had two blankets and two pillows that she loaned me. So my first day in my first apartment was with spoons and, and plates from my job and and um, blanket and pillows from my next door neighbor. And the manager of the building said, you're moving in a two bedroom. And that's what I did. So I'm in my two bedroom apartment with nothing in it. And what do I do? I call my dad. Of course. Mm-hmm. I tell him, I say my furniture's in storage. And here's the address. So, my dad, of course, he raised hell first. He said, everybody else's daughter moves around the corner down the street. My damn daughter moves 3,000 miles away, then calls <laughs> her dad for furniture. And he had to make two trips because I had two containers. Mm-hmm. And every time he come with one, he's like, what's in here? It's like, I don't know. 
like I it was a couple remember. of years ago, Daddy. I, I have know. a mirror, that mirror door, that's, that door that's downstairs. That was a part of the storage because when I worked for, well, I have to take you back because when I worked in retail, I was managing a couple of department stores and my office was behind this door. And so when the store closed, I took the door. Hey, now. Mm-hmm. That was my reminder. Thank you. So, yeah, so that's how, um, so that's how we developed. We went from one level to another. He developed along because he had good examples of mm-hmm. people, good people who didn't ask for anything but just realized she's trying to make it up this ladder. Right. So let's see what we can help her with. Right. So my network developed as I went along, as I grew, my network grew. And as I reached back to New Orleans, I only pulled one from there, my dad. Okay. So Chris talked a lot about um, road trips and stuff with grandpa. (laughs) So how did, I'm sure you got to a point where you were just like, how did that come about? Well, as he got to, what, 10? When did you start? You started started earlier than that. It was earlier than that. It the was like maybe that, eight. Yeah, the summer like seven or was eight. a problem because I still had to work, mm-hmm. and so I I couldn't afford to put him in uh, all day daycare. So I just called the only other person that I knew. Mm-hmm. I needed a man in my son's life. The only man I knew I could call was my dad. So that's how the the road trips came about because he got out of school on June was it June seventeenth. Something around that. June 17th. My dad was there on June 18th. Yeah. Trucking all. I was either, it was either the night of mm-hmm. or the next day after school let out. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it got crazy because it got to the point where his his arrival was so unpredicted, he would have me to meet him in places that you'd either have to call. He had me to go to AAA and learn and get maps. Because he was always someplace strange. <laughs> so he'd give you directions like, okay, uh, drive to Modesto, cross the railroad tracks, and you're going to see uh, a blinking light and turn at the next corner, and I'll be sitting there waiting for you. And <laughs> Not crazy, a blinking light. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing was, Ew. I <laughs> he had me to drive to um, Burlingame. Burlingame, if you fly into into San Francisco, there's a sign up across a mountain that says Burlingame. That's where you happen to drive to one night. But that's like legit his directions, though. Yeah. It's never never an address. No. It's never never an address. address. Because he's never at an address. Right. He's in the middle of a road somewhere. It's it's always a location. Mm -hmm. But you always found him. So that is... I I mean, like, like... you know, she would always say say that um, you know your grandfather has has roadmaps for veins. Yeah, he does. Because that's how well he knows the road. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had a um, when I had a car accident and he gave me a car, and we had to drive like I had to fly to New Orleans to go get it. It was a Cadillac sedan Deville. I never forget champagne champagne brown with burgundy interior. I was pimping. Let me tell you. Clearly. Bruh. And you was going it. to California. And too? I was headed back to California too. So, oh you know, it had like the all the little amenities or you know, like roll down down, not the not the crank, but you know, the You know, hit the button. Hit the button okay. and you know, all, all that right. good stuff. You look right. fancy. So no, you I was fancy. good. But so I had my license and here you go. You got your license, right? Yeah, I'm good. It was like, okay. So I'm let you drive. All right. You can go down this road, and about 10 miles, you're going to see a sign for a rest stop. Don't stop at that one. Keep going, <laughs> because for about another 35 to 36 miles, you're going to see another sign for a rest stop. Stop at that one, and I'll be ready to take over. I said, okay. <laughs> Bro, when I tell you I'm driving, stop. See that first time? See that first time? I was like, Okay. Got a little bit further, sign pops up, next rest, because they always tell you, like, when the next rest stop is, it was like, next rest stop, 36 miles. I was like, God damn, like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, bro, like, get, but that's, but he, that's, he just knows it like that, so. So the, the road trips got to be, they, it started gradual, and mm-hmm. uh, then I found out that he had an aunt in, in Modesto, so I'm like, I have family out here, so he's other family out here. He said, well, yeah, I had, he had an aunt 
in Oakland that was in a, a home and well, one of those senior citizens projects. Mm -hmm. And then he had an aunt Modesto that had a farm. So the trips got to the point where I no longer had to meet him in crazy places. Mm -hmm. I'd meet him in Modesto because the, the trips and got crazier and crazier. I'm the sure. Way he would have. And Modesto is known for the tootie fog. I don't know if you know about tootie fog. It's a plant that grows and gives off a type of air that causes the fog to rest about that far in the, in the road. Mm. And you can't see. So he told me always tailgate behind a truck because if the truck stops, you will be able to get stopped in time. Mm -hmm. I learned more about driving from just my dad giving me Dr uh, just advice. Mm -hmm. advice Absolutely. On the road. And he had me go further and further and further out from my comfort zone. Okay. So eventually I got the nerve to get on the freeway and drive because I was on the road every, every summer. This was our thing. Okay. So I like that. So for this is a question for the both of you. Because I want to hear both of you perspective on this. Um, dad, when did dad become in the picture? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with you, Fleming, and then we'll go to uh, no, Mama Fleming. No, 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 start with Mama first. Start with Mama first. He came home one day after something at school, came home and asked me, Am I illegitimate? I'm sorry, stop. what? <laughs> so again, I went to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. okay. if, you know, if you know anything about Catholic school, okay. like like family is is huge, huge yeah. right? Mom, dad, mom, kids, dad, right? Kids, kids, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone that I was in school with, for the most part, I had both parents. Mm -hmm. So they would do like these these things where you know um, Father Sunday, yeah. I can't participate in that. Mm -hmm. You know, they had to do Mom Sunday, and 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 they never did any of those. You mm -hmm. know, so so it was one of those things. Uh, we had a we had a family friend, um, Dan, who yeah. he was. I called Dan, him. like like like, hey, I, yeah. like he he was, he, he was a stand in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I, it was. There were no photos up of Dad. Okay. We didn't talk about dad, you know. There were photos that just weren't out. <laughs> but but it, like like so 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 thank you. Like you, you know, proved it. Yeah. Like, 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 there, there was nothing up, right. you know. So you know, it was never like a. It was never like a. Oh well, here here's this picture of me. You know, keep keeping your room. Mm -hmm. You know, it was never like we never had that conversation. You know, my parents got divorced by the time I was three, so I didn't. No dad. Okay. At all. So asking the question, it was like, so, you know, and by that time, like, you know, we, like, we've always talked about, like, you know, you start talking to your friends. And, right. You be you like, know, you get, you, you get, get, you, you know, get you ideas. Like, you be like, right, right. Wait, you I think like, this like, is like, me. Right. You know, so, so from that standpoint, it was like, okay, well, does he, do I have one? Like, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, then so what that happened? Was a question. He right. came home and, and blew my mind with, am I illegitimate? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> like, so I had to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law. So that's what I did. I called Ruth Lewis. And I told her, I said, I need to get in touch with your son. So I reached out to another, another direction. I went back to New Orleans. So she reached out to him. He was, so he claimed he didn't know where I was. Bullshit. And because um, <laughs> I called her before I left. Mm -hmm. And I let her know I was leaving and that I was moving to California. So it's not like they didn't know where I was. Mm -hmm. So I called her and I uh, told her I need to reach out to him. So she was able to get in touch with him. And so I sent for him. I paid, uh, I got him a round trip ticket. Well, no, before that even happened. So the day I asked the question, right, because it was a Saturday. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I asked the question. Well, that's why I got him on the phone, huh? And she got him on the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So later that evening, mm -hmm. it's like morning, like when mm -hmm. I like, you know, it's just, you know. It's an Friday. epiphany. Like, it happened Friday, in the middle right, you know, of, mom, I think about this. Right. this first thing this morning. I got to ask so, you a question. So literally, I'm in my room. She calls me into the living room. And she was just like, here. And just hands me a phone. And I'm like. Hello, and there's this voice on the other end. Well, hello. And in my head, like, you know, I mean, I was a young kid, so I can't say it out loud, but I'm like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> 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 you know, 
And that's when he, you know, he was like, well, this is your father. Like, oh, oh, wow. Like, okay, you. So I'm not illegitimate. Right. Got like, it. Okay, got it. Like, you do exist. Like, okay. And yeah. Yeah. So I was, it's not that he didn't know where I was. It's not that I didn't know how to reach him. It's like, I was busy. <laughs> it was definitely, it was definitely a out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And, you know, I don't think that it was anything necessarily intentional, but as you can see, like, that was tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. That that was right that was her focus. because I have to yeah. I have to take care of this child right mm-hmm. and that right. is what my I've focus is. Build a foundation. I've got to put a roof. I got to put food on the table. I've got to get a job. There's a multitude of things right that I and need to do doing that. So yeah. in so this is going to lead to my next thing. Mm-hmm. So then, what made you push for them to have a relationship? Because a boy needs his father. Never wanted him out of the picture. Always mm-hmm. wanted him in the picture. It was his choice not mm-hmm. to be in the picture. So for me, I mean, I love the man to death. Still love him. But he didn't love himself enough to fight for the situation. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to be as strong about your family as the other side. It takes two. It took both of us to get him here. It took, took both of us to raise him. And the fact that he was absent physically mm-hmm. doesn't mean he was absent mentally. Mm-hmm. That's two different levels. Mm-hmm. So knowing that he needed him in his picture, I put the only man I could reach, my dad. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to put his dad in earlier, but it just wasn't on my mind at that point. Mm-hmm. Red on the on the table mm-hmm. and, and gas in the car was much more right. <laughs> urgent right at that point. Plus she's a daddy's girl. Well, I am a daddy's girl. Yeah. I am my I am my father's child up and down, backwards and forth. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. I'm not a daddy's girl. Oh, honey, Who lies please. you tell? I'm not. Who lies you tell? I'm proud to be a daddy's girl. Lies you because tell? Because I got his determination. This man. You a daddy's girl up and down. I'm not a daddy's girl. Oh my God, is you kidding me? Yeah, you a daddy's whatever. Girl. First off, you look like your daddy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, dude? You your daddy's girl. You are a be daddy's proud girl. To be a daddy's Girl, Seriously, honey. that's like being a Southern girl. I'm a Southern girl, and I'm a daddy's girl, and I raise hell, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But no, I I realized. I mean, I knew he needed to be in the picture. He mm-hmm. needed to know he needed to be in the picture. That's the difference. That's, that was the difference. Right. And when he came to the realization that nothing was going to stop me, mm-hmm. New Orleans didn't stop me. You didn't stop me. There's nothing that's going to stop me. I'm going to go forward. Period. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. So for me to talk to him and say, okay, you want to come out and meet your son? So I sent him a ticket. And I sent for him. It was the easiest one, two, three. Mm. So what was that experience like meeting him? Or reintroducing yourself to him? No, I'm sorry, reintroducing. No, it was a meeting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no, it was, it was definitely a meeting for the first time. Cause I, I don't like until, right. I mean, until three, yeah. it wasn't until I really got older and started looking at the photos that were in the photo album and mm-hmm. seeing like, like these, these, this period in time where it was like the two of them in, in, in me mm-hmm. and that like, you know, that look on his, on his face. I mean, he definitely had proud dad, like look on his face. I mean, he, and, oozed out of him mm-hmm. you know so where the where the the hiccup came that's 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 with him okay. you know yeah. um sure so yeah like it it i think it was i honestly can't say that i remember in specific detail like the first like like that coming back into to, to the picture. It's like little little pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. Um but it was definitely like like he it was it was my dad. Like mm-hmm. it was definitely something about I mean we obviously had this this connectivity and you know I mean I mean I looked like the guy. So um <laughs> they came out to we were getting ready to go to some somewhere. He came out his room with a cap on his head and his dad was sitting in the living room with a cap on his head. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> the photo fo- the photo that's I know what's yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. You posted it like yeah, a couple so, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean that was that was it was 
What's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, that was that was the start of 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 a lot of a, of a big old roller coaster. Well, you speaking know. of big old roller coasters, <laughs> you know where I'm going next. <laughs> you already know where you're going next. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about it before, but the decision to leave with the date. Hmm. <laughs> to move to New Orleans. Oh. To move to Baton Rouge when I went to yeah. live there. I, yeah. as the primary, mm-hmm. for you to do that, I mean, for you to allow that to happen. He needed, he needed to know him, just the two of them. He needed to know him outside of the world I created for him. He needed to know the world he came from. Which and why knew. did you think that was important? Because that's his foundation. Okay. Because that's where he came from. And that's his dad's foundation. That's what holds him to New Orleans as he couldn't leave. His grandmother needed him because he lived in England. He he left he left too, because he he left. I think he left after I did, and mm-hmm. he moved to England. But then his grandmother got sick, and he moved back to the United States. So that's what brought him back to the United States. He had moved totally out of the country, and I wish he'd have stayed. But knowing his relationship with his grandmother, she raised him. She was everything he knew, mm-hmm. and he came back to Baton Rouge. And it was his undoing because he got to Baton Rouge and he got stuck. He couldn't mm-hmm. fight his way out of the, the paper bag. And, and I tried my best. I sent for him how many times? I sent for him at least three times. Yeah, no, it was definitely I three. I, I had him. He had promised. And we understood. At that point, we understood his grandmother really needed him. Mm-hmm. And But when she passed, we flew back down for the funeral. And at that point, I honestly thought he was going to move to California with us. Mm-hmm. But because the relationship with us never died mm-hmm. to this day. But he could not get himself outside of Baton Rouge. It was, it was the killing him. And it did. <laughs> so why did you? So back up for, for one quick second, I actually went down for a summer first. Okay. Um. It was after the whole, you know, reintroduction. And then I went, um, grandpa picked me up and, um, another road trip. Yeah. Of course. Another road trip. <laughs> of course. Um, and you know, I got there and, and spent, spent the, the summer and that was much like how moms talked about, like, you know, her father's side of the family, right. And, and meeting aunts and things of that nature. Like I, my world was opened up to a side of a family that, I had no clue that it existed. So my my two uncles, my aunt, um, my grandmother, my great grandmother, um, you know, my well no, my three uncles, sorry, because Uncle Ricky was still alive at the at the time. Um and so it was definitely it was an eye opener. It was an eye opener. It was like, oh shoot, like, okay. You know, this is different from grandpa. You know, mm-hmm. this is different from everything else. Like, you know, um And his two uncles are crazy. They are. That helps. That does. Yeah. Yeah, I see that 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 whole side of family is crazy, but I love them to death though. Like you know, my aunt, my aunt was a tomboy. Like she was the tomboy. Like she like Pink, like Pinky, I hop the fence on you and admit, like don't mess with her brothers. Like seriously, cause she coming and get jump into the fight. She's it the just, only girl with five boys. Yeah, mm. she had four. Four you, boys. You yeah. had to. Yeah, she so she, yeah, so she had to. She like had to. like dead ass. Like she was she was there in in on it. Um. So that was the first time of really just being around dad, like, you know, just me and him. And I remember. And his, grand, his great-grandmother. That was, that was the killer. Yeah. Right. The and so I remember coming back and, and I mentioned this before, but, you know, and it still sticks with me because my mother was like, you know, well, how was it? Did you enjoy yourself? And I was like, yeah. And she was just like, what? And I said, well, can I speak like freely? And she says, sure. And I said, well, it's a bit of an asshole, though. <laughs> you know. And she looked at me and she said, well, that may be the case, but it's the only asshole you got. <sighs> so, um, so with that, it was just like, okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. This be me. <laughs> that's, that's, this that's be mine. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
the decision to I already had one, so I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so so the decision to go was I don't know. It was just something to hit you, you know. He needed to get a better that that couple of, that was just a summer. So he needed to He get, needed more. He needed the full nine one one. He needed to see it from beginning to end. He had only yeah. experienced a bit of it. And God was in the makings because um, his grandmother passed the following year. Mm-hmm. No, she passed that um that year. She passed that year because I so, picked him up and I had to turn around and go back. Yeah, yeah. And and don't and don't get me wrong. Like I I you know looking back at it, like oof, yeah. I don't think my dad was really ready to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Like he was ready to be dad, but he wasn't ready to be a parent. Yeah, and that's two different levels. That's two and different that's, things. And it's two right. different things. Right. Right? That's two different yeah. things. So twenty four seven is not what like twenty like twenty four seven parent. <laughs> Like a lot of people dealing with COVID and whatnot, like have learned what like it is to be a twenty four seven parent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole new. That's so, a whole new monster. Right. Yeah, so tell me about it. And <laughs> and of course, you know, and it's funny because they both of them, Catholic school, you know, and every like like pu- me it's going to public school was Catholic not was school. not a. I mean, granted, it's I know a, it's it's the community aspect. It's a Catholic city, and that's what I try right. to tell people. It's one thing to grow up in a Catholic church. You, we grew up in a Catholic city. Yeah, everything about it is Catholic. You can't run from it. It's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> so literally, it was it was that um, by the book. Yeah, it was that. Um, my dad owned a thrift shop. You know, so um, so entrepreneurship was something that I was introduced like into very early. Um, now, granted, his level of entrepreneurship was was where we butted heads later on, mm-hmm. but um, but I saw him do it, you know, and I saw mm-hmm. him trying to trying to try and do that. But more importantly, you know, I, I got to I got to spend a whole year with my great grandmother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the you reason can't. the 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 reason that it was so easy for me to let him go with his dad. Because I know the man, I knew who I was letting mm-hmm. Right. So that was. Um, so yeah, and it, and, the cra- and the crazy thing is, is like they. <laughs> um, I jokingly will say like you know as you heard just heard my mother just say like you know she loved my father right, mm-hmm. but I I would jokingly be like you know as I got older I would be like okay. When these two get together, it's like, okay, it's it's 48 to possibly 72 good hours before <laughs> but before we go it go left. Before it goes all the way left, right? And and right before leaving, uh, it went left. Like it did, it went left. Uh, I remember that as clear as day. It went left. And they were bickering. And my dad calls me in the living room um, and he's just like, you know, and he asks me, he's like, well, do you still want to go? And I'm sitting there looking like, well, I mean, it's my choice there. Like, what the hell? like OK. Um, and so I went, you know, I it just. Curiosity. Right. Yeah. Curiosity. But you see, with his dad, the, the reason our relationship was was the way it was. He married someone who he assumed he would be able to control because he, I never knew anyone else but him. So he married someone, and then he opened Pandora's box and tried to shut it back down. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. You opened up the box. He didn't realize what a... And my grandmother, my great-grandmother, when he asked for my hand in marriage, <laughs> she told him, he said, she said, you wear the pants she will and I'm looking at her like what the hell she's talking about <laughs> so then when he went to my dad because he had to go through the whole thing he mm-hmm. was a Catholic he, mm-hmm. had to, he had to bring the ring he had to go to my great grandmother he had to go to my dad and he went to my dad and my dad asked him well, what did the old lady say <laughs> so, <laughs> so the old lady so he told me he said I tell you one thing if you can't deal with her you bring her back where you got her from not in my house right so grandma grandma in my house then you take her back there take her back where you got her from so he was warned she's not what you think she is <laughs> she's mm-hmm. not that little quiet person that you see we have control of 
So he married someone who he assumed was going to be a wallflower who would follow him wherever he said. And what he got was someone with a mind of their own, with an attitude of their own, with a determination of their own. And then on top of that, he also introduced her to a world yeah. that a whole different world. Expanded that mm-hmm. that thought process. Yeah. Right. So now it's like, so it's like, okay, now you've added on mm-hmm. to this. Like, you, you know, like, to the fire. like, you like, like, like it. it was already a one tier cake, right? You <laughs> didn't came in and added a whole another tier mm-hmm. and put a cherry on top of this motherfucker. And, this and then like, say, don't eat it. Right. Don't and then no, it. Right. that's right. not going to happen. Right. You're going to do this and say, be like, right. no, you can't eat it. Right. You're going to so, look at it. Yeah. My great grandmother told me, never cross Canal Street. I'm like, okay. So I was allowed to go from Napoleon all the way to Canal Street and stop at Canal Street. Now on the other side of Canal Street was the French Quarter. And every 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 vice you could think of. As soon as we started dating, where did we go? Across, Across Canal Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> right. So during this time, you guys are, you know, navigating relationships and all of that. Um other stuff. What did you learn during this time? Because at this time, you know, you are an adolescent, so, you know, you're dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And then not only, you know, you're still mom, but now you're understanding that at this point, I I actually have to turn to you. I had to let him loose. Yeah. I had to let go of him and let him find his way. I built a good foundation. Mm-hmm. I wasn't concerned that he was going to fall. Not only that, but he had a godfather down there in New Orleans who was very good friends with his dad. Mm-hmm. And I knew he he met him, what, 10? You were 10 when you met Michael? Mm-hmm. He met Michael when he was 10 years old. Michael is, is a Cajun. He's what then? So straight up. So you have you have your, you have your Creoles, mm-hmm. which is your black, white, mm-hmm. but you have your Cajun, which is your white, black. So Michael and his dad were good friends. And when Chris got down there, his curiosity was piqued as to because no one knew Eugene Fleming had a son, or that Eugene Fleming even have had ever been married. Like I was the biggest mystery. He was the biggest mystery. Like see, like so like no it's it's crazy. It. It's crazy. Like when I really sat and thought about it one day, like literally yeah. to the fa- no to outside of the initial family, as far as you know, my uncles and my aunt and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they knew. Yeah. But knew my father's that. also the oldest of thirteen mm-hmm. on his dad's side. Dad's side. Okay. So yeah. like oh, that was another wake up call. Right. So yeah. I was the biggest secret. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, Friends didn't know. No you know? Knew. So Michael was just enthralled with this well-behaved, well-mannered young man. And he wanted to know, well, where's the woman that raised this boy? So he made it his business to find out about me. And to this day, he and I are like, like that. Mm-hmm. Inseparable. So I had no dem, problem. Dem, dem, dem they, they two, they, they two peas in the pot. We grew up. <laughs> Seriously, we, we grew up. I lived on eight in Annunciation. He lived on six in Annunciation. Mm-hmm. We lived down the street from each other. Yeah. Put it this way. Remember the Matrix, the second one, with the twins mm-hmm. and the all white. That's them two. <laughs> one to cut you from the top. And the other one cut you on the on on the way down. Okay, but y'all didn't answer my question. But I'm just saying that's 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 them. But I need y'all to answer my question. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Look, it's the Cali Red. You can blame what the Cali is? Red. What did you guys learn during this time? So which which time are we? Are we I'm talking about to? the time where it's now you have. Now he's a teenager. Now you're own. a teenager and you're on your own. Like you're literally developing. Oh, like you're literally developing this thought process and everything like that. So it's like you, you've you always had mom, but now you're discovering that. Like you're really discovering him and not only him, but his family. So mm-hmm. it's just that's a totally different dynamic that. A mom and a son and a dad is all going through at the same time. So I'm just trying to figure out what's the lessons that we learned during this point. I'll let moms answer that that one first. Well, for me, it was the best of both worlds because he he needed to understand 
that side. He already knew my side. He, mm-hmm. Henry Hayes was with him every, what, how many months of the year? School let out in June? Two and a half. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. Three months. Months. Mm-hmm. And in being with his grandfather, he also got exposed to the cousins and the other relatives mm-hmm. on my mother's side. So for me, I wanted him to have a complete picture. Mm-hmm. It took two people to get him here. He needed to understand. Say that again, a complete picture. Yeah, he needed a complete picture. He needed both sides of this this book. This book has a front and a back. It's not one section. It's a mm-hmm. front and a back, and he needed to fill the pages in. So he was up to chapter 15. He needed to go through 15 to 30. He needed to see the other half of this. He needed to understand who he was from both sides. He knew who he was through me. He needed to know who he was through his dad because it's the strength of the parent mm-hmm. that builds the foundation that supports the child through the rest of his life. Mm. Now, try to come behind that. No, nah, there's no way to do that. So, the. the hmm. Um, <laughs> hmm. I mean, I know I'm taking you back away. No, you know, no, 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 no. It's uh, um, it was a lot. It was a lot. We've been through a lot. Yeah, like it was emotionally. It was a lot. Like, yeah. So it was um, it was learning, but it was learning. Um, it was a pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd have to say I took him from a structured world with me to an unstructured world with his dad because he'd been in a foundation where every day he knew exactly what was going to be going on because Mm -hmm. it was was exactly carbon copy every day. With his dad, he didn't have that. He had that with his grandmother because she's cut from that cloth. But when you get to his dad, it was, it was like throw up the dice and hope that snake eyes didn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was always, and and that was the issue. Mm-hmm. That was the issue for me. I needed, I needed consistency. I mm-hmm. needed him to be the foundation. And when I discovered I was going to have to be the foundation, it's like, well, fuck this. That means you're going to do this by myself. <laughs> I got to be the foundation and I'm going to build the right house. Mm-hmm. So I built this house. I built this house. But I think. Um, but I had to have the windows and the doors put in by the man who started it. Mm. Okay. It was. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. You like that? I really do. Yeah. So that's what it is. Mm. Seriously, to, I felt like no, it. no, seriously. <laughs> like seriously, so I really yeah. that was so smooth. Yeah. That was so smooth. But go but, ahead. I'm sorry. But no, 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 no. But um, no. He had to um. We we learned at the same time. Like he learned how to be dad, and I learned how to be son. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. He learned how to be a son to a father. That, because it's yeah. different to yeah. be a son to that a part, mother. Yeah, mm. yeah. That because part. the mother's going to accept a little bit more, or she's going to tolerate a little bit more. Whereas the father has this, especially a black man, he has this higher level for his son because he knows how hard this world is for a black man. Now, a mother knows it too, but she knows it from a different level. It's not the same. For me, it was whenever he leave my presence, I said, okay, Lord, your turn. Because I couldn't keep him from going out, mm-hmm. but I could only pray that he'd return in one piece. For a black man with a son, it's a fear because he already knows what's out there. I didn't know what was out there. I trust the man upstairs to guide him. But his dad had been out there. His dad was out there. He knows what it was like. So trying to guide him without knowing exactly who he was at that point, because he didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. He, he'd, he'd come into the picture way after the, mm-hmm. after the concrete had dried. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to write, rewrite something 
in it's not wet concrete anymore. Mm-hmm. It's solid, mm-hmm. and you're trying to rewrite. Okay, so you can't rewrite this foundation because I've already laid that foundation. So you have to build on it, but you can't rewrite it. Yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. Make sure you visit our website at fathershould.org. Follow us at Fathershould Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Fathershould underscore PC on Twitter.